The Getting Smart Podcast is supported by Project Unicorn, a national movement revolutionizing K-12 education with data interoperability. Interoperability will transform your education system, saving you time and money with the seamless, secure, and controlled exchange of data between all of your applications. To learn more, visit projectunicorn.org and sign the pledge. Together, we can make education data magic. You are listening to the Getting Smart Podcast, where we unpack what is new and innovative in education. I'm your host, Jessica, and today we're talking with Jeremy Keeshing about his new book, Read, Write, Code, a friendly introduction to the world of coding and why it's the new literacy. Jeremy was an innovator from an early age and formed Code High School, an online teaching platform for helping schools teach computer science. He is an advocate for constant learning, for focusing on emerging technologies, and for providing free access to high schoolers. Let's listen in as he talks to Tom about the many benefits of learning to code, why it might be the new literacy, and whether or not students should still be thinking about college. Hey, Jeremy Keishan, welcome to the Getting Smart Podcast. Hey, Tom, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and for our conversation. I miss seeing you, man, because I, I, we usually uh, chat every year at uh, on the conference scene. Yeah, I well, there was not a lot of travel this year, I feel like I'm at a handful of them. I think we've been we've been very. Focused I haven't gone. On. I haven't gone anywhere in a year. It's super weird. Right, right. I think that's true for a lot of people. So hopefully we are, hopefully turning the corner sooner rather than later. Uh, Jeremy, congrats on your book, Read Write Code. Did, I think it just came out. Um, we're gonna dive into that. Uh, we're we're really excited about that uh, contribution. But let's go in the Wayback Machine to, um, to high school. Did you get hooked on coding in high school? Right, good question. Um, so I got started, I probably tried making my first website in middle school, just trying to put something kind of silly with HTML or CSS or kind of jokes with friends. Or uh, I took my first class in high school. Um, it, it just really wasn't very common to, to even have classes or take classes, but I took a class in high school. Um, in what what time. year? What year was that? Uh, I took that class in two thousand and maybe two thousand six, two thousand seven. <laughs> I took a I took a Fortran class in nineteen seventy six with punch cards, so that that was right. really unusual. Right. Right, right. We have to make a virtualized punch cards in Code HS, but we don't have that yet. Yeah, so I took uh, I took my first class in high school, and then that was kind of that was my first class, and then kind of continued from there. Did Did you know you went to Stanford, and did you know right away that you wanted to focus on computer science? Um, yeah, that's a great question. I really don't think I I did um, going into college. I wasn't sure. Um, Definitely really enjoyed the class in, in high school and then started doing it at Stanford and got more and more um, into it and, you know, ended up majoring in computer science and helping to teach the computer science courses there. And that was how we ended up starting Code HS. But I don't think it was like set in advance, you know. Jeremy, were there just like wicked smart, um, like like several hundred wicked smart people at Stanford CS? 
Right. I think, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of smart people all over the place. I think at the beginning, maybe things can seem intimidating, but that's so much of what I do hope to dispel with stuff with Code HS because I think I would maybe be in some more advanced classes in college and I felt like, oh, I don't know what's going on. Like everyone else knows more than me. And then you realize, oh, wait, I just, I haven't learned that yet. This person already knows it. And you can definitely feel that intimidation in computer science. But then, when, you know, when I was on the TA side, and then again, now just more on the teaching side and with Code HS, um, you know, someone may think, oh, everyone, oh, how do people already know? Everyone already knows this. Everyone has to start at the beginning. Everyone has to start at square one. And I think, yeah, trying to remove that intimidation factor is so important. And, you know, you could do that as a, as a teacher, as a TA. And yeah, if someone, you know, if you're getting started in K-12, for example, like, and someone already knows and you didn't, and they already took a few years and you haven't, like, that's not yeah. a fair comparison. And if, if students are starting like in middle school now, they'll know way more than, than me when I started at Stanford. So it's just not a, it's, you know, it's not a yeah. fair comparison. No, that's great. I'm glad you uh, took that angle because every, everybody can code. Everybody ought to learn to code. Uh, you mentioned CodeHS.com. Um, did, did you start thinking about forming that while you were in college? Yes. Yeah, so did we, you form it in college or right after college? We started it right uh, in college, right at the near the end of college. So myself, my co-founder, Zach, uh, we, we started that together. Um, we actually started doing it in a class and kind of started working on the summer. And then I've been doing it for almost a, a decade um, since then. But yeah, got going in, got going uh, right in college. Why don't you tell our uh, tell our audience what CodeHS is? Right. So our company is called CodeHS, comprehensive platform helping schools teach computer science. Big pieces of what we do are free computer science curriculum for middle schools and high schools, over sixty courses. You know, all aligned to different national state standards. We do professional development, so you know in-person when it's possible, virtual online courses, and then whole software platform. You know, students can code online, teachers can manage their assignments, you know, their data, their classroom, and then, you know, district implementation. So that's what we do. We've had millions of students on the site. We have over 25,000 classrooms. We're using CodeHS um, every month to, to teach computer science. And even with, you know, with COVID and just people needing to look at how to do virtual, you know, we have a lot of a lot of helpful resources for for making that possible. So that's what we do, really, just helping helping schools uh, teach computer science, helping teachers. What's the business model? What we do is we have a premium business model, so uh, teachers can sign up. All the curriculum is free, so we have thousands and thousands of teachers who use CodeHS for free, you know, year round for many years. And then the schools and districts can upgrade to the pro version of our software or professional development. Um, and, you know, more of the kind of data and tracking. What, what else do they get in the, in the pro version? So um, it's different for the teachers and the administrators, but the teachers will get, you know, sort of like the full grade book, a lot of the progress tracking, a lot of the different kind of customization and controls. Um, the administrators get different tracking either by school or across the district and then different usage, uh, usage and reporting. Um, so those are a few of the things. 
you you kind of had to offer free curriculum because you you are competing with so much free curriculum, right? You, right. A lot of people have joined you in in building free free right. content. It's a it's a very interesting space that we work in, and you know there's there's a lot of great options. I think we we have something that's pretty unique, but yeah, you know there are there are other free options. Um, there are other free options out there. We really try and have a lot of breadth and depth to what we offer. So, you know, you could be needing to offer a particular course that meets a specific Nevada requirement. We have that course and we have the course in Georgia and Texas and, and, you know, many, many places. So, you know, you can get those exact courses that you need. But yeah, there, there are free options out there. So it's an interesting space. There's definitely bigger yeah. uh, tech companies who want to have an education element and they go, oh yeah, we have a, you know, we have a big tech company. We we want to emphasize tech education, computer science education, and so there's definitely um, a lot of other initiatives that make it an interesting, you know, an interesting setup. But I think, yeah, I think we have a, you know, I think we have a key place within uh, kind of overall space and yeah. and really really leading within uh, high school CS space is our focus. Yeah, you do. You provide really great uh, tools and great professional learning. And that, I think those are super important. I think most uh, high school teachers that take on a computer science class, um, they're often really nervous about being right. current in the content and the, your tools and your professional learning do a great job of right. really helping folks be confident about being able to deliver a, a top-notch course. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I mean, that's what we want to do. We want to make it way easier for something to be really really great right off the bat. And I'd say, you know, we work with a lot of teachers who, yeah, maybe a lot of them are newer, but we have a lot of teachers who have been teaching computer science for many years, a decade plus, and they use CodeHS just, you know, there's like a whole power user next level where you can write your own auto graders and, and things like that. And then someone who's using it for, say, their first year, their second year, their third year, you know, they get more and more advanced each year. So it really just gives, gives them a lot of flexibility. Like our philosophies, we're not trying to be really prescriptive. We're trying to give you, you know, the toolbox that you need. Jeremy, for, uh, for a student that's got um, a, a pretty strong interest in computer science, what would the ideal four-year uh, sequence look like? What, what courses right. should they that's take great, in high school? That's a great question. So, you know, it depends where you're starting. You know, some schools might do K-12, some might do 6-12, some might do you've never taken a course and you want to start in high school. Um, I think a great place to start is, you know, you're going to take an intro class. Um, I think, you know, we have a very popular one in JavaScript, very friendly, very interactive. So that's a good place to start. Um, you know, as a second course, you could take something like Python. Um, if you want to do an AP track, you know, you could do a CS principles or CSA, which is in Java. Or if you want to skip and do kind of the more advanced one, you do CSA. And then after that, you could do something like a cybersecurity or a mobile apps. So I'd say, I mean, again, we have a lot of different options, but I'd say if, if, without knowing more information, you know, maybe do JavaScript, Python, CSA, and then maybe uh, cybersecurity mobile apps. That's, that's probably what I would say. Jeremy, I'm a fan of uh, WLA, the Washington Leadership Academy, that all students take four years of computer science and, and all their sophomores take uh, AP CS principles. Um, do you, is that a good course? Do you think it's a, 
useful to have uh, all kids take that course. What's your what's your take? CS Principles is uh, definitely a very solid course. I think you know that could be a place to start. You could do again. There's a lot of options to try and customize it by school. CS Principles is nice because you get a survey, yeah. um, so you're getting a little bit of programming, a little bit of you know just how's the internet working, bits and bytes. So it, it is a really nice survey. It is meant to say, hey, how do you bring uh, more students into computer science? And it's been pretty successful at that. So um, I think that's a solid course as well. And we so we have a CS Principles in JavaScript in Python. We'll actually have a, yeah. another one coming with the CS principles in cybersecurity. So we're the only ones who will have like multiple CS principles like that. But I think it's a solid course. I think it's a solid Doing course. That, I, I really think you that that having you know taking a CS course in high school is a, is a no brainer. Um, a years ago, Java was was kind of an uh, an easy choice if you had to pick a language. You've mentioned it a couple times. Uh, Python's getting a little more popular with folks that want to head towards a, a data science right. uh, kind of an emphasis. You mentioned learning both. If you had to choose one now, would you pick Python, or does it depend whether you Python uh, or JavaScript? Do um, you have to pick a career pathway to make? No, that I, I really, yeah. We our philosophy, my philosophy, it's much more about like fundamentals. And if you get the fundamentals and you understand. You know, how do you break down a problem? How do you use loops? How do you, you know, uh, do conditionals? How do you write functions? You see those in every language, Java, JavaScript, and Python. You know, they it's easier to learn one once you know the other. Um, I don't think people, some people are very committed, like, oh, we need to learn this language. We're not, we're not so persistent on you have to do one particular language. I do think they both can be friendly for beginners and good for professionals. So... Um, JavaScript's nice for some courses because it's like native to the web browser so it just makes things like right. really really easy um, Python definitely has a lot of applications around again data data science modeling um, but both, both good things to learn take both yeah. um, the, your, your answer sort of leads me uh, into, your, into your book uh, read write code a friendly introduction to the world of coding and why it's the new literacy um, your your answer sort of answers this question, but sure. you know, is, is is coding the new literacy or is it just a vocational skill? Right, right. Uh, I would you might that? know my answer, but I I think it, again, I, it's a great vocational skill, but I think it's it's more than a vocational skill, and I wouldn't want to just pigeonhole it like that. I think you know, uh, you know, and I write about this in the book, but um, you know, there. are there are so many opportunities and growing in computing and related fields. It has connections everywhere, you know, whether you're doing that in college, whether you're doing that outside of college or in school, you know, there's a lot of opportunity within computer science from a vocational perspective, from an academic and research perspective. So many graduate research programs, I'd say most people I know, they studied a field, they studied, they studied economics, they studied chemistry. And what did they do in their graduate academic work? They needed to use coding to figure out how to model the data for their graduate research, right? right. It's academic, it's vocational, but I think it's also ultimately very, very practical. If you want to understand like the modern business world, like software is a component of, of everything that, you know, we're doing. And I think, you know, the way that I kind of talk about it in the book, uh, you know, with this idea around coding as a new literacy is, 
look, okay, so reading and writing, like you expect expect students to know how to read and write. It's not, you're going to be a professional writer. You're going to be a professional reader. You're using it every day. It's a part of being just a kind of an educated citizen. Go back 500 years, actually only a tiny fraction of people uh, could read and write. And then I think that all change, you know, with the, with the printing press. And so my argument would be we're at the sort of printing press moment for computing, you know, with the internet, there's a small group of people who know coding and everyone else who doesn't know, they, they don't know what they're missing. They don't know what they're missing. But I think if you follow the trends and you look what's going to happen over the next five, 10, 20, 50 years, technology is a part of everyday life. It's important to understand, you know, how it works. But then you also bring it back into the conversations that, you know, you're just talking about, okay, how are we going to organize or decide certain things as a society? And you go, okay, I need to understand what are the impacts about my data and privacy and what are the trade-offs there? And I think just to give everyone that foundation to be able to speak about it and, hey, um, a school system's getting hacked, a health system's getting hacked, elections are being targeted. People don't have the vocabulary to speak about it in an educated fashion. And I would argue that's just a big disservice across the board. I can say, okay, what is hacking? What is phishing? How do I protect myself? What are the trade-offs with my data? When is that okay? When is it not? And it's, it's, there's, you know, that's the foundational building blocks that I try and cover in the book. It's a survey. It's a map. It's not making you an expert, but I'd say, you know, having that, having that as a good starting point is, is super important today. Yeah. I think as you illustrate in the book, this, it's a great opportunity to begin this in elementary school, because if you can begin to build those, that new literacy and elementary skill, you can enter into the conversation that we just talked about, about right. the good and bad um, uses of, uh, right. of coding. Right. Yeah, no, I think, um, you know, more and more school, more and more states are starting to make CS standards, put a requirement on the books to offer it, to have it. It's going to keep going that way. I think it looks a lot different in elementary. That's not where we focus, but, you know, you're combining, you know, offline computational thinking you know, different types of problem solving and puzzles. I think at the younger grades and even with our middle school, you know, you want to keep students excited and wanting to keep learning. That's more important than saying you need to get X professional skills as early as possible. I don't believe that. I think that's not the best like long-term way to teach it. But if you go, oh, wow, this was so fun. Look at what we were creating and we're building these websites and we're building these apps. And then you want to take another class and you take another CS class in high school, that's changing the game. Or you want to take it in college, or you consider it as a major. You know, I think that's a huge success story. Like if we can, you know, if we can have that happen for students or encourage that or support teachers with that. How has the rise of artificial intelligence and, and machine learning in every sector of the economy, how has it changed what we should be teaching in high school, in, including but not limited to computer science? Right. Yeah, that's a great question. So AI, artificial intelligence, that was my focus area in college. And, you know, I think things are developing pretty fast. Things that seemed hard, you know, harder to do then are kind of getting a lot more advanced now, just whether that's like even computer vision is, you know, is advanced a lot. Yeah. Um, or there's now new bots uh, like GPT-3 that's like writing and it, right. it's a human writing. How is that going to affect education? How is that going to affect, you know, 
society more broadly. That's a very hard thing to predict, but I, I think you're going to go the direction of you're going to kind of see these building blocks making it easier and easier to pull in AI or machine learning into various applications. And that, you know, when you talk about, and in the book, I talk about this a little bit, like this kind of automation, fear of automation, are the robots kind of taking your jobs and what does that mean? You know, that's a very, like a lot of people are speculating on that and, and how fast and, and how much AI is getting better. Um, you know, it's, it's accelerating. It's accelerating for sure. I think in terms of how it's changing what we teach, I think it comes back to, can you get a foundational understanding of these topics? That's the stuff that I think really remains. I think that once you have the foundation, you know, you can go and say, hey, like, let's learn basic AI topics. Let's learn about some of these trade-offs. Let's learn about some of these risks. I really think that's important too. You know, I talk about in the book, it's like, you know, you may have AI on facial recognition. Okay. And that's really influenced by your data set and the data that you're looking at. And many AI systems have been found to be biased against black people because of the data that they're using for the, for the people who are building it. And if, if AI is going to be making a lot of decisions behind the scenes, which it already is, and that's going to happen more and more, some innocuous, some not so much, you know, we really, I think being educated about these systems and the trade-offs and, I mean, there are people who say, like, how do you regulate AIs? We're probably going to be talking about that, you know? So, it's a big topic. Great, great, great example of uh, both needing to teach coding, but also introduce um, AI ethics and right. the ways in which this is impacting our public systems. We're, we're big fans of uh, school districts like uh, Montour schools in Pittsburgh that introduced AI ethics in middle school and where they start having these conversations uh, right. early on. Right. Jeremy, I, I want to I dive into and talk about guidance. Um, com computer science is moving really quickly. Every, every really sector of the economy is moving really quickly. Um, do, do you have a sense of how we can give young people good advice on what careers might be attractive to them and, and as a result, what they should be learning in, in high school? How can we help high school teachers and counselors sort of stay up to date? Right. How do they and kids uh, make a decision about right. what to study and where to head? Right. That's a great question. You know, I don't think that students need to decide so early, but we do provide a lot of answers to this question when we work with schools. Uh, we have a blog. It's called Coding in the Wild. And we talk to different people who use computer science across various fields to show that it's not hey, you're using coding and all you can do is make an app. Actually, here's how you can use it in healthcare. Here's how you can use it in media, in journalism, in finance. So I think that I really believe in connecting coding to your interests, that you may be interested in biology. You learn biology, you learn coding. You can talk about computational biology and understanding how you analyze DNA. And so I think, you know, it's a tool in the tool set. The other thing I kind of I like to say is just learning coding closes no doors. Like you, you're interested in the business world. Like if you're interested in the business world and you know coding, that's a very powerful tool set. You know, you're interested in, again, any kind of social sector, um, people are finding creative ways to do it. So as it relates to early guidance for students, I think, you know, I think one, 
learning coding as a foundational skill, following their interests, combining coding and their interests, not closing out doors, but um, I think showing connections to students early on because younger students may not even realize, that's what I found, they may not even realize that coding was used in a certain circumstance. So showing what's possible, I think is important. Should kids go to college? Oh. There, there's so much there's so much great coding uh, content out there. Can and should you skip uh, college and maybe do a boot camp and just watch right. YouTube videos that's and great, learn coding on your own? That's a great that's a great question. You know, I think it's hard to give a totally general purpose advice. I'd say on the whole, if it makes sense in your situation, I think it's still something good to do today. But there's not. You know, there are considerations and, you know, what are the, what are the costs? How is that working for you? What do you want to do? But I think that viewing college from a holistic perspective is important, but that, you know, again, I talk about this in the book as well. Boot camps are getting more and more popular. Um, it is an alternative. There are different models. There are shorter term models. There's models for people at different kind of stages of their uh, career. Um you know, I think, yeah, you'll probably see higher ed and higher ed around coding changing a lot. Yeah. Um, it feels like the general recommendation like today is still probably easiest to go if you can. Um, but that, you know, yeah, boot camps are a very interesting, um, a very interesting area. Right. Not to mention uh, MOOCs. I mean, you, you can take uh, great CS courses from the world's best professors for free. Right. So... Right? Right. So all of this, I mean, and we, again, we have you know, again, millions of students who have started on CodeHS. So, you know, if you're, if you're motivated and wanting to learn coding or anything else online, you know, the tools and resources are there to do it. Oftentimes a lot of it for free. That's not the only piece of the puzzle um, in this type of education. And for us, it's essential working with the teachers who are making that happen um, you know, I think whatever the kind of community or supports that you have in college and university, you know, at a boot camp, some people can learn it on their own. That's harder to do. It is doable. Jeremy Keishan is the author of uh, Read Write Code, a friendly introduction to the world of coding and why it's the new literacy. We think it's a great book for teachers, parents, students. Um, higher ed uh, folks that might not be in computer science, civic leaders, nonprofit leaders, who else should read your book, Jeremy? <laughs> yeah, that's it's, a great starting point. I think if you're, you know, if you're looking uh, just more generally to understand it, you, you know, it's a good place to start. But yeah, it is geared towards educators primarily. But it'd be we, good. We appreciate the way you've laid this out. Um, we think all secondary teachers would really benefit from it um, so that they can help see the connection between the coding class that might be uh, offered down the hall from them, the connections to, as you said earlier, to biology, to mathematics, to, uh, to English. Um, we all are influenced by coding every day. Everybody could use uh, a, a great introduction to it. And uh, we think read, write, code is, uh, is just that. So, Well, thank you. Thanks for your yeah. contribution. Thanks, Tom. I appreciate it. Yeah, I enjoyed it. One, one last quick question is, um, with things moving so fast, how in the world do you keep up? What's, what's Jeremy's um, l learning function? 
Wow, great question. I I'm always experimenting with different things. Uh, I I like to do a lot of writing and reading. Um, I feel like news moves fast on Twitter. You got to be very critical of what you're reading there. I think yeah. that some. Uh, I really believe in like good guided classes too. I recently started uh, with the pandemic. Got more into chess, and I'm taking these chess lessons, and it's great. So I think. Where, 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 how are you doing it? Uh, I, there's a, it's a site online and I signed up, I signed up for it and uh, I really believe in growth mindset and continuous learning. And so that's, that's one challenge at the moment. That's great. I love it. Always uh, learning a new skill, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you again. It's great. Right. Jeremy, uh, thanks for joining us on the Getting Smart podcast and uh, to our listeners, check out Read, Write, Code by Jeremy Keishan. Thanks, Jeremy. Thanks to Jeremy for joining us on this week's episode. For more on the power of coding and computer science, check out episode 138, AI for All Extends the Power of Artificial Intelligence to High School Girls. We've got it linked in the show notes and on the blog. All right, that's it for today, listeners. Be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes, and they're ready for you every Wednesday morning. Thanks for tuning in. For the Getting Smart Podcast, this is Jessica signing off.